Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Coach's Corner. As a reminder, every Coach's Corner comes up on the weekends, and it's either an interview that I do or me just talking to you. And then every Wednesday is a life coaching episode where you get to hear an unscripted, unedited, unproduced session with me and a courageous, vulnerable person. So one of the things that I'm always committed to bringing you is different ways to deal with life and stress and anxiety and especially this year. And one thing that I know is so, so helpful is art, creativity. And a lot of us shy away from creativity because we think we're not talented like me. I can't draw. If you give me a blank canvas, I don't really know what to do with it, but I have to nourish my creativity in the way that's unique for me. Because remember, as my friend Sam Bennett says, Not everybody's artistic, but everybody's creative. So tapping into our creativity and and tapping into the artist within, whatever that looks like, is an important part of our wellness and meditation practice. That's why I'm excited to have Miralee Patel, who is a self-taught artist and author of Start Where You Are, Made Out of Stars, and My Friend Fear, and most recently, Create Your Own Calm. She works to inspire and encourage others to connect with themselves, each other, and the world around them them, often through art. In this episode, we talk about how you can incorporate art and creativity into your wellness routine and meditation practice. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation and hope that it inspires you to add some art into your routine, whatever that looks like for you. Now on to my conversation with Mira. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. So I love what we're going to talk about today because one of the things that I discuss on this show a lot is anxiety, depression, just feelings, having a lot of feelings. And I think as kids, we were way better at dealing with our feelings than we are as adults. It seems like when we reach adulthood, we get way better at numbing our feelings than we do actually feeling them. And we look for ways to distract or avoid. And what that does is just leads to greater suppression and more anxiety and more depression. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own personal journey with your feelings and why you've become a teacher and such a a leader in giving people a way to express and deal with their feelings in a more creative way. Absolutely. I Basically, you know, true to what you just said, I ran away from myself for many years and I was not only afraid of the things I was feeling, which was a lot of fear. I lived entirely behind my fear, which fed my anxiety, but also a lot of shame for feeling fear, for being somebody who felt scared. Mm -hmm. And it took me a really, really long time to not be okay with living that way. And when I did, incidentally, it was about three years ago only where I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I'm tired of being this person. I'm tired of being someone who is governed by fear, who lets fear make her decisions for her, who is not living the life that she knows is waiting for her because she feels so scared. And I was actually writing my second book, My Friend Fear. And I thought to myself, how can I write an honest and true book? How can I tell other people 
not to live under their fear if I am still doing that. Mm. And so I quickly made a lot of life changes. I left um, New York City, which was the only place I have lived outside of, you know, my childhood town. And I quit my job that I had had for nearly eight years and that I was terrified of leaving because I didn't think I had what it would take to be an artist and a writer. Hmm. And I packed a backpack and I decided to travel alone through the country for nearly a year because traveling alone was one of my biggest fears. And so I traveled the country writing the book and letting myself come face to face with all of these different fears, which is fear of rejection. You know, am I going to be able to make new friendships on this journey? When I meet strangers, are people going to like me? Are they going to reject me and think that I'm not worth their time? Am I going to be able to write something valuable and meaningful that helps somebody else? I had all of these fears and I confronted all of them one by one um, throughout that year journey. And what happened was that I allowed myself to be the person that had been kind of hiding inside me. Mm. And I found that when I took myself out of a place of comfort and familiarity, I also took away the ideas that people had of me, that people who knew me, you know, the structure that they had built about who I was. And that structure was allowed to break and I was allowed to be who I felt I was instead of who I thought other people thought I should be. Mm, Who did you think you should be? I think I felt that I had to be somebody, you know, there was, there were a lot of skeletal ideas. Like I felt that I had to be someone that was confident and that projected confidence, but I wasn't a truly confident person. It was more of a shell Mm. and allowing myself to, you know, I'll break out of my comfort zone and familiarity, allowing myself to feel challenged to do things that had always scared me. That gave me a true, genuine confidence. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of that year, when I projected myself as a confident person, it wasn't merely a projection. It was true. Yeah. It's sort of like confidence isn't required from bold action, but it definitely follows it definitely comes from it. Absolutely. That's a big step to be able to. And I know so many of um, our listeners, they deal with, you know, having ideas and wanting to do things, but just feeling so scared. How did you deal with the anxiety that came up while you were confronting your fears? What were your coping strategies? I did a lot of talking myself through them. So I genuinely believe that when you run away from your anxiety and from your fear, it becomes more powerful and it has a larger hold over you. So one of the questions that I come back to continually is so what? And I know that sounds really simple, but it's a good way to take one of your fears or anxieties and break it down. So if we're using the example of before a fear of rejection, which can make many of us feel very anxious from, you know, little things to going to a coffee shop and talking to a barista and being worried about how they're going to feel about you to going on a first date or even 
having a difficult conversation with a friend when we're so we're, we're designed to people please and to make other people feel comfortable often at our own expense. And so one of the things I asked myself is, so what? Okay. So I'm afraid of being rejected. I feel really scared about that. Well, so what? Well, this person might say something rude to me, or they might decide that they don't want to be my friend any anymore. Well, so what? Well, then they're telling me that me being honest and genuine and offering my, you know, true friendship to them is invaluable. Well, then so what? Well, then have I lost anything at all? Am I facing a loss? I'm sorry. Am I facing a loss if somebody doesn't want to truly hear me and hear my concerns and allow me to be myself? Mm -hmm. And when I get to that very bottom of the so what ladder, I usually find that there is nothing so horrible waiting for me. And that if I continue to live under this anxiety, usually the only person I'm hurting or cheating is myself. Mm, That's so true. I love that. I often coach people to answer their what ifs, you know, what if he says no, or what if, and just keep following and following and following it. And then you finally get to the the worst case scenario and you're like, oh, all right, well, I could live with that. And for me, a big part of dealing with fear is if I have a fear, I have to come up with like something I'm more afraid of to deal with that fear. So let's say, for example, I have a fear of writing another book. Well, could my fear of never expressing something that is in my heart and dying with regret be bigger than that fear? And it sort of makes the fear that's in front of us seem insignificant because the fear of missing out or not living into our purpose or continuing to feel the way we feel is is bigger. So I love these mental strategies because I think that fear and anxiety, they it's like a downward spiral. And once the thoughts go and go and go, it's just habitual to keep worrying. And so we need to come up with strategies to interrupt thoughts. So for everybody listening, try try the so Absolutely. what or try the what if and, <laughs> and talk yourself through it. And I know that you are quite passionate about using our creativity and using art to deal with anxiety and depression. Could you talk a little bit about that, how art therapy and creativity factors into wellness, especially mental health? Sure. Um, There is a lot of research that talks about how creativity can lead to decreases in depression, anxiety. Um, It can make us feel more motivated, inspired, and positive. And it, it is also a big reducer in stress. And I tend to link these to pockets that I feel anxiety feeds on. So I think anxiety, I believe that anxiety feeds on disconnections. And that can be a disconnect between you and your identity, you and your purpose, you and your community, um, you and having meaning in your life. And I've always found that creativity can lead you to filling those pockets. And I wanted to, I wanted to make it clear that I don't believe that creativity is only for, you know, visual arts or performing arts or, you know, anything like that. Creativity is in the smallest places. Creativity is in how you choose to have a difficult conversation with somebody 
It is in creating a meal. It is in doing the dishes. Uh, it is in any activity where you are trying to immerse yourself and challenge yourself to do something differently. And I think from infusing your daily activities with creativity, you gain a greater confidence, you gain, you gain momentum and a feeling of accomplishment. And I think you also learn how to make your life and seemingly mundane activities more dynamic. Mm. Um, and so I am a big proponent of creativity and finding how you can implement creativity in your life. One of my friends, Sam Bennett, she says, and I love this. She says, everyone is creative, just not everyone is artistic. And that was such a aha yeah. moment for me because I, if you give me a canvas and paint, I'm going to be like, uh, <laughs> I just, it's not something that comes naturally. <laughs> it's not really something that I enjoy, but there are other things that there are other ways my creativity expresses through itself. So absolutely, how can you give us like a, like a concrete example, maybe from your own life or maybe from someone that you've worked with on how we could have a big feeling like anxiety or fear. And instead of mentally trying to get ourselves out of it, we creatively work to get ourselves out of it. Sure. So one of my favorite exercises has to do with color. And that is because I think color can be very calming and intuitive. And also because we are um, kind of nurtured to have certain ideas about color. We're taught that blue is for calming and that red is for anger and that black is for darkness. And I think that just like mostly everything else we're taught as we're growing up and even through our adulthood, these are simply connections that other people have made for you. It does not mean that they are true and it does not mean that they are how you perceive color or the world. And so I usually have people think about their current life and their ideal life because a lot of anxiety stems simply from the gap between the two, from simply not being where you want to be or where you think you should be. And so first I have you, I have you draw five circles and write down for each circle, the five things that take up the most presence in your life right now. Is it, you know, is it financial insecurity or fin financial stability? Is it your spouse? Is it your children? Is it your work? Write down the five things that are taking up the most space in your life and then meditate on each one and see what color comes up in your mind's eye and using whatever you have, marker, paint, you know, colored pencil, fill in that circle. And after you're done with all five, I invite you to draw another five circles and think about your ideal life and what are the five things that are filling your ideal life and do the same thing. Meditate on each one. Think about the color that comes to mind. See it in your mind and paint it. Mm. And the reason I have, <laughs> the reason I have people do this exercise is because more often than not, there will be some sort of overlap. You will see that two or three things from your ideal life you've already manifested in your current life. 
And that immediately gives you a sense of calm and a sense of control because you are not so far away from, you know, your ideal imagined dream life. Mm. And the other thing that it helps you do is to finally concretely, like you said, stop the cycle in your head and get down on paper the things that you are striving for. And only when you know what you want, what you want your life to be filled with, maybe it's laughter, maybe it's security, maybe it's a meaningful job. Only when you know what those things are, can you begin working towards them? Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that. And what's, how did you, what's your background with art and creativity? Was this something that always came naturally to you? Yes, I am actually entirely self-taught and I did, uh, push it away for a long time. Um, because I didn't think that I didn't think that I could have a life of creativity that would also, you know, be pragmatic. I, I fell into that story that I think most of us do, which is that creativity is great. Being artistic is great, but that's not how you build a life. Mm. And it was only by going down the path of what everybody else taught me I should be doing that I discovered how unhappy I truly was and how, you know, living my life for somebody else was never going to bring me purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Mm. And that's when I turned to my art practice. That's when I turned to building a creative practice. And that's when I also began to mix my desire for self-exploration and introspection with my work. And from it has come this creative practice that focuses on mental health and that uses art to help move through anxiety and depression. Mm. And how would you say your anxiety and depression is now, now that your art therapy is a regular practice for you versus how it has been in the past? Absolutely. I think the key is that it is manageable mm. and that I recognize it. It is not something that scares me because I have come to see what it looks like. I know mm -hmm. what it feels like. I know how to talk to it. I know that it is my anxiety is not trying to hurt me. It's usually trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. And it's usually trying to tell me that I am denying myself something that I need. Mm, that's so, so true. Yeah. And I, I think that I think something that gives people, people who may struggle with depression and anxiety, what's something that gives them more anxiety is thinking that both of these things are something to solve or something to erase completely. And I don't believe that that is the case. I think you can change the way your anxiety looks and you can change the way your fear looks. And both of them can be a source of not only comfort, but a, a source of light that is showing you what is truly important to you. Mm. So that is what I try to emphasize in my own life and with other people is not that it's something to eradicate, but it's something to get to know and see differently. And why do you feel anxiety can be a superpower for artists? I feel that anxiety has the ability to really show you what is important to you. And when you ask yourself, you know, why do I feel so nervous right now? Why do I feel so jittery? Um, it comes back to Chrissy 
what you said earlier, which is, is my fear, is my fear of rejection or failure greater than my fear of not being who I am, of shutting myself up, of not allowing myself to do this thing. And so I think our anxieties are often shining a light on what we truly want the most. And oftentimes it's stuff we haven't realized. And so in that way, I think anxiety is opening you up to living a more beautiful, a, a much larger life that if you choose to look at your anxiety, that is, and examine it, than if you simply lived under it and allowed yourself to stay in this smaller life, kind of shuddering away under your fears. Yeah. And anxiety is so much energy, you know, it's just, it's so much energy and having a creative outlet, I think is one of the, like, if I didn't have my work, um, which I think combines both my creativity and my intuition and my compassion and my EQ and IQ, if I didn't have that, Mm -hmm. I'd probably be a nervous wreck because if I was just doing a job that wasn't expressive, that didn't take my creative and intuitive and life force energy and give it an outlet, I probably would really, really have a lot of anxiety. And I probably still would be on antidepressants. I was on antidepressants from age 11 till 30. And part of what, wow, yeah, part of what helped me get off of them was finding my purpose. And, you know, side note, I believe all of our purposes are to evolve and grow and become more love and more conscious I think career is an expression of that. I don't think our purpose is in our career. Mm -hmm. So when I say purpose, I just want to clarify Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is living into the greatest expression of myself, how the universe God force wants to express through me. And having a creative outlet was, was and is so, so crucial because I think what a lot of people with anxiety do is they live in their head way too much and you can't get out of anxiety just with your head (laughs) you need, or just with your thinking mind, you need to access those creative emotional centers. And I think creativity is also an amazing outlet for people who get stuck in the emotions, you know, who, for people that get really stuck in the emotions of, um, shame or anger, or especially sadness. I know so many of my female listeners can really get stuck in the sadness. And so next time you feel sad, maybe grab like a notepad and some colored pencils and just start to move the pencil across the page. What would be, you know, if if you were to instruct someone who was just really in just a lot of fear and a lot of anxious moments and, you know, just to get a piece of paper and some crayons, what would your instructions be to start? I would, I would want them to draw what their anxiety looks like. Mm -hmm. I would want them to draw what it feels like. Does it feel like jagged lines? Does it feel like a scribble? Does it feel like a huge dark mass that is, you know, suffocating them? And I would want them to work on identifying, identifying what it looks and feels like. And then on a separate, on a separate page, I would want them to draw what does feeling calm, what does that look like? And what does that feel like? And if you had to put it in, in down with lines, you know, how would you do that? And I think that sometimes visualizing the way you want to feel 
helps you conjure actually feeling that emotion and moving away from that anxiety into a little bit of peace. And I wanted to agree with you about what you just said, which is that, you know, action changes attitude. I, I love saying that because I genuinely feel getting yourself out of your head by taking a physical step forward, doing something differently will begin to change the way you feel. It really will. And I know that for many of us, it doesn't feel worth it when you're stuck in that anxiety and it feels like nothing is going to help and why should you bother? But taking that first step, you'll see that the second step is easier. The third step is easier. So just want, I wanted to add that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And giving yourself another, so you may be someone that creativity doesn't come naturally to, maybe you don't even own a pad of paper and crayons or coloring pencils or anything. You know, one thing that when I was, when I was getting off antidepressants, um, I, since I didn't like a blank canvas was very intimidating. I would just go to the CVS across the street from my house and buy coloring books and crayons and I would just color. And that was a great, beautiful outlet for me because even though the drawings were there, I got to be creative on how I filled it in. And so there's no rules around creativity and there no, there's no limits. It's just about finding what works for us. So I love this. And I'm really highlighting how, how important this is to be able to use creativity as therapy, to use art as therapy. And you even talk about how Absolutely. you, yeah, you even talk about how you can use art in your meditation practice. Can you share a little more about that? Oh yes, you can. I mean, going back to what you said about coloring books, coloring books are a very useful way to practice active meditation. You can have a word in your mind that you are concentrating on and repeating and color while you repeat that. You can also, when you were talking about coloring, I thought, you know, people can take a word or a mantra and they can just simply write it down. Repetition is also active meditation. And so if you don't have any art supplies, you don't want to get any art supplies, you don't have to. You can just pick a word or a phrase and you can write it down over and over and over again. And that will offer you a lot of relief. I love that. I love that. So I think we, I think that from what you're sharing, one aha moment that I'm having is we've really been limited in how we've thought of creativity and art. (laughs) We've really been (laughs) limited on what we think it is. And so for people that, again, don't think they're artistic or don't think they're creative what are some ways they can start? I know you've listed a lot already, but maybe there's just some other simple ways that don't involve anything you've said so far, just to start to open that relationship with creativity again. What's some ways they can start to flirt with their own creativity? I think a very simple way would be when you go for a walk is to ask yourself different questions um, while you're walking. You know, what do I see? What do I smell? What do I hear? Simply trying to be a little bit more in tune with yourself while you're taking the walk can be an act of creativity. You can go a different path than you normally would and ask yourself the same questions and just observe and see, you know, how does my body feel? What are the thoughts that I'm having? Do I think that they're correlated to where I am right now? I think that's one way to do it. 
I think another way to do it with something that, you know, we're all probably doing a lot of right now, um, staying home is in cooking. Um, trying something, I know, I think cooking can be a source of anxiety for people if they don't cook a lot. And therefore I think it's a great exercise, which is don't worry about what the end meal is going to be like. Can you simply have fun with it? How can you let go during the cooking process? Can you experiment with three ingredients from your fridge? Can you use, you know, one or two spices that you haven't used within the last six months? Try something different than what you normally do and you'll begin to awaken your creativity. That is all that, you know, creativity needs to, to kind of become active is doing something a little bit differently. And getting getting your brain working in a way other than what it's used to. Yeah, yeah. Because that, again, that will help the anxiety, depression, anything, shame, guilt. When you get your brain out of its <laughs> emotional addictions and habitual thinking, then it starts to think new thoughts. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared. I want to talk about your books. You're the author of three books now, and they're all beautiful. I've gotten my copies and they're so creative and they're the kind of books that aren't intimidating because there's a lot of white space and there's a lot of space to, to imagine and create. So your books are Start Where You Are, Made Out of Stars, and My Friend Fear, and most recently, Create Your Own Calm. Can you talk about your newest book? Sure. Um, Create Your Own Calm is a journal for managing anxiety. And it really encourages the reader to recognize and evaluate their anxieties and work through them from a lot of different angles. I use, I use nature. I use breathing techniques, meditation, creativity, all different approaches to maintaining and managing your anxiety. And I really tried my best to help the reader understand that there's no one way and there's certainly no right way. So some of the exercises in the book will be very useful to you and some of them might not work for you and that's okay. My purpose was to give you a myriad of approaches so you can see what will be beneficial. And if you find one or two things that help you in your day-to-day life, I would, you know, I would be so happy. And I, I I would think that that was very valuable. Mm. I tried really hard to create a journal that can help people find confidence, meaning, and purpose through working through their anxiety. And the other, the other tenant of this book that I try really hard to emphasize is self-acceptance. Um, in, in my own work with my own anxiety and my fear, I've recognized that a lot of my anxiety becomes more pronounced when I simply push myself away. Mm. And so a lot of the exercises in the book focus on self-acceptance and in being okay with where you are on your path, which automatically tends to alleviate a lot of the anxiety that you're feeling and facing yes, and puts you in a better place to work through it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Tell people where they can connect with you and where they can get your awesome books. Um, you can learn all about my books at merrily.com and they are available at bookstores everywhere and on Amazon of course. And I post regularly about my work and my art on Instagram at Mira Lee Patel. 
Amazing. Amazing. And by the time this podcast comes out, you'll be about to have a baby. So giving birth to a book <laughs> and a baby, that's that's amazing. And what an incredible gift that you'll be able to, to raise that child, nurturing his or her creativity. Because I think that's one of the ways we connect to our okay. inner child. You know, we teach workshops on nurturing the inner child and so much of what we do in the workshop is creativity and art, non-dominant handwriting. And that's an immediate access to mm-hmm. our inner child. So I think creativity is one of those things that's that's underestimated in terms of its healing power. So thank you for your work in bringing creativity really into the spotlight to help us heal. Thank you, Christina. I really appreciate that. 